This is Harvest Thomas, affectionately known as The Tank. You're listening to The Rob V Show on RobVRadio.com. Bang! There you go. <laughs> Ravalibis, Ravalibis, on the radio, coming straight out of Philly with this internet show. Talking news, entertainment, sports, and comedy. Wonder who's the co-host in those sexy ladies. He speaks his mind, makes sense from time to time. J.D. Clark and Chuck, Jesus, partners in crime. Don't tell him what it says, he will espouse. Call 888-9-GAS-HOUSE. No censorship, call it and join in the show. It's the number one rated on House Radio, most respect to Alabama and Japan. Syndicated by the Lucas Cross, he is the man. Much respect to Lady Erica, the Batman, Mr. Miles, Joey Voss, Toil Records, Gas House Radio. Episode 378 of the Rob V Show. Phone lines are open, 215-716-1108. You can email me, robvradio, gmail.com, Twitter, Valivus82, Instagram, the Rob V Show. A uh, special guest co-hosting today. I'm going to go to right now. I'm going to flip over to the video. Now, if you go to the Rob, if you go to the Rob V Show uh, fan page, I'm sorry, the YouTube channel, the Rob V Show YouTube channel, you can check us out there. You can go to my personal page. You can watch us there. And we're going to go to him right now. My co-host in Los Angeles, the one, the only Nick Manning. What's going on, buddy? As he's flexing over there for the ladies. I, I don't like seeing that, but I'm sure if there's any ladies watching, they'll, they'll appreciate you manipulating, manipulating your chest. How you doing, buddy? I love when I do that in like a restaurant, and then pretty soon everyone's fucking looking at me. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, people are gonna tune in. And go, what the hell is going on over there? This is all I have to say. <laughs> so anyway, a lot. Well, I want to get into a couple things, but um, of course, uh, how are you doing currently in the lockdown? Because I hate it. I think it's horrible. I'm going nuts. But if people listen to the program, they know that you love being alone. So I'm sure you're fitting in uh, just well with this. Dude, I'm so happy. First of all, I hope that 4 billion people drop dead and there's less people on this planet. Uh, I'm so fucking antisocial and sociopathic. Like, and since all this started, I've actually moved my car three times. Really? Not left my compound. And... It's like it's even it's better than ever because before everyone's like, oh, you never want to go out. It's like now my uh, solitudinal behavior is not only uh, accepted, it's encouraged. <laughs> yeah, it's you like, don't. I don't. I hope this never. Like they're talking about opening shit up. I'm like, no, leave it fucking shut. You don't like dealing with people. We've discussed on many occasions, isn't that right? I am completely ashamed to be the same species as them. Now, uh, I don't know if the listeners know this, but you know, you can't you don't, you don't have to tell the listeners where you moved to, but you did you dis you moved out of Manning Manor, right? You you got out of there uh some a little while ago. Oh, dude. Uh yeah, and that's part of all of it. It's just uh one, I mean, the biggest catalyst there was a couple uh I guess uh variables involved, but the biggest catalyst was 
I just cannot function in the midst of a uh, HOA. You had right. an you had an HOA in that house. Yeah, and like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure they loved you in the early days. Well, and the thing about about it is these motherfuckers are so corrupt. Like they're like looking for any little fucking thing. It's like a money grab. The HOA I had got uh, fired, like the management company, three times for malfeasance. It's like, so you guys keep getting fired for malfeasance and you're going to fucking think you're going to tell me what to do? So it just came to a head where I'm like, I'm out of here. And the other issue was, I uh, across, not directly across the street, but next to the guy across the street. Okay. We had this, I mean, after I'd been living there, maybe a year and a half or so, this crackhead neighbor who I, I'm assuming because they kept getting arrested that they were cooking crystal meth over there. Really? Well, that's pretty, well, that's pretty high. And if they're cooking crystal meth, they got a house in the Hills. Yeah. And I'll tell you like what they, I mean, there were a lot of old people in my neighborhood. So I, I know what these fuckers do because I've seen it before. They move into a neighborhood and they think they're going to intimidate everybody with their crazy behavior and they're acting tough. And so they pretty much had they, the one dude was throwing uh, five pound, like, or like maybe two pound, those little dumbbells okay. through next door neighbor's window. And he just had a little baby, like into the, like the baby's bedroom. Yeah. Like breaking, like the, the guy's uh, mother was elderly and she got so upset about all of this. Like she had a heart attack. So every now and then this dude would disappear because the cops would come fucking get him. And then I guess they'd institutionalize him for a while and they'd get him back in his meds. And then he would come back and be like, we were introducing himself to people. Like, it's yeah. so nice to see you again. Did you not fucking remember the last time I saw you, I was going to put you in a fucking coma? <laughs> right? So yeah. really how this all went down is obviously these people move into the fucking neighborhood. I'm not looking for any trouble. I'm standing outside smoking. He wanted to borrow a cigarette, whatever, you know? So we had a few minor interactions. And then one day, uh, I'm in bed. It's like a weekend. My chick's like, what's that fucking noise? So I get up in my robe. We're like, boom. I look outside on the side where my dog is, nothing out there, nobody out there. I come back in the house, she's still in bed. I go to take a piss, and the next thing I know, I hear we have like this front security gate, like metal, okay, and then a little foyer, and then you actually come into the front door. So I hear all this fucking racket and this yelling, and as I'm taking a piss, this dude is kicking that fucking gate so hard, like he actually broke it out of the stucco. Really? The, like the, yeah. I'm assuming and, he was under the influence of some sort of drug. And again, I don't care what your fucking malfunction is, but you better not fuck with me. Did they, so, did, did you go to war? Well, so I'm like I'm in my robe, my chicks in her fucking uh, ninety or whatever, and I hear her yelling at him, and he's at the door going. Let me talk to Jim. I want to talk to Jim. I'm like, who the fuck? He's looking for some guy named Jim at my house. Is this guy like, Canadian or something? No, he's. I don't know what the fuck he was. Like uh, some subhuman something. Okay. And so, uh, and I, again, I tell you, like these things get so convoluted this morning because I knew you want to talk about this. I like took notes. 
because I can't remember like the chronology of it all, but uh, I, he, I told him, I go, I know what you're up to. You like to intimidate all these old people. I go, guess what? I won't be intimidated. So I go out to fucking wreck this dude. And here comes his dad running across the street. Uh, and he's like grabbing him, trying to be the peacemaker. And I told him, I go, look, motherfucker, I know what you're fucking up to. You are you on my fucking property ever again. I'm going to bash your fucking heads together. It all seems like a good idea when you're fucking high, but when you wake up in the ambulance, it won't be such a fucking good idea. Right? So my girlfriend's like taking like photo, like a video of this guy. And he's like, why are you filming me and all this shit? And I'm like, okay, whatever. So uh, that that went on for a while. And then that incident was over. And then... uh. Let's see what. what well, was the so, next yeah. So keep the list in front of you because we'll keep referring to it because I want to keep going back and forth. So a cu- couple things with me. I think I told you this. So I'm back on Match.com for this for the eighth time. I would be a horrible person to be a commercial for Match.com. I'm like, hey, hi, I'm Rob. I've been on eight times and I haven't found anybody. How pathetic am I? So I'm back on. <laughs> I'm back on Match now. I've gotten more hey, emails. Have you ever hooked up on Match? Like, does it, is it effective? I've had some success, not the great success. You know, most women I've picked up cougars, like well, girls like 45, you know, 47. All the kids on my baseball team, they're all like on this fucking Tinder and shit. Why aren't you using that? I've used it. I've had no luck with Tinder, no luck with Bumble. But I have noticed during this pandemic, I'm getting more email responses because all the girls are looking for the D-Nick. They're all pinned up. I think they're all desperate. I think I'll have a better chance to just slay them down. What do you think? They're all, you know, they're looking for it. They're not even concerned that you might infect them. They're just like that desperate. Listen, Nick, my studio, I don't abide by any social distancing. There's no masks. And let me tell you something. There's a chick that I went to hook up with for some time, and she says, Rob, but look, I want to come over. I'm taking my chances, okay? I'm going to take my chances that I could get the virus if I could pick up the chick I've always wanted. You know what I mean? No, I guess uh, I got to be honest with you. That's what I'm going to do. That's a plausible theory. It's just, you know, it's just the truth. That's all. That's <laughs> all. That's all that I'm saying. You know. But uh, yeah, so I'm back on match. My mother, I saw my mom, and she won't, you know, she won't come out of her house. You know, she she doesn't live far from me, so I go to see her. You know, she, I got to keep the six feet. And she goes, uh, "You you need to get a girlfriend during this." So I'm like, "Yeah, mom, I'll just pull one out of the out of the sky for you, so I, I can have a girlfriend and you can have a grandchild. It'll be fantastic." That, these are the lectures I get, Nick. Why don't I have a girlfriend? That's pretty much that's all that I hear constantly. Well, so, what if you didn't want one? That's true. But I'm getting to the point now, i got to admit, actually, tomorrow's my birthday. I'll be 38. But uh, I'm getting to the point where I don't know if I want to grow old alone, Nick. I, I don't know if I can stand. I've been alone for quite some time. I'd like something in my life. You know what I mean? i got to be honest with you. What do you mean? You have your, you have your gig. But I don't have my gig, but I mean, delve like, I, I'm alone a lot. Delve into your work. You'll never think about it again. Delve into your work. That's what we're doing. We're we're diving into work right now. I have you. We're doing a live radio show, so I'm diving into my work. But my work involves involves my personal life. You know, I got I got to talk about my personal life because well, I I would go nuts if I didn't do that. I mean, I don't understand. Like uh, these chicks think they can do better. Like, what is their what is their reticence to hook up with you? Well, here here's what. Thank you very much, Nick. Why don't you just say I have a lot to offer? But you're an asshole. But uh, why why don't you know? Well, here's here's my theory. Like, I just always, hey man, what are your other options? 
whether you have a lot to offer or not. I see these clowns out in society. I know. The the problem is I, I I'm not a big fan of doving out cocaine for women because you know that's how you can pick a lot of women up or you got to flash a lot of cash. But either way, if you got to flash a lot of cash, is that the girl you really want to spend time with? You know what kind of women yeah. I'm talking about. You've been you've been down that road many times back in the day. Well, it's like I could do that, but it's like if I'm uh, like that's not how I operate. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, actually, what I'm looking for now is I'm looking for the divorcee that had the shitty marriage, and I'm the rebound, and I have no baggage, so I come up smelling like roses. That's kind of what I'm yeah. looking for. That's yeah, what I'm looking for. in your age group, but yeah. like all the other dudes got kids and crazy exes, and like you yeah. don't have any of that. I'm just crazy with a radio show. But you have Quimby. Oh God! <laughs> right, so that, I don't know what. So like maybe you could put like a baby bonnet on him, and here, this is Quimby. I'm gonna cut this clip and put it on his Facebook page. He was he's actually in Facebook jail right now. He was banned for seven days because he called because he called me a cunt on Facebook last week. <laughs> Why? Why did he call me a cunt? Because yes. I disagreed with him. Now, granted, now so the Green Legion Radio, you know what he does? He's involved with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the draft was last week. So like last week was a big deal, and he gets booted the day of the draft. And I disagreed with him on what the Eagles should do. And he, oh no, about a trade. And he called me a cunt. And then he texted me back. He's like, "You believe I got banned for seven days for calling you a cunt on Facebook?" What was what was the trade that angered him so much? Uh, the Redskins had an offensive lineman. I can't think of his name. Yeah, and he thought that we should trade Dillard, our first-round pick last year, and I didn't think that we should. And he heard this from a beat reporter in Philadelphia, who I'm not a fan of, and I, th- I told him he was full of shit, and then he called me he called me the C-word. Well, and guess what? The Eagles are not going to get Trent Williams in the same division. That's what I said. He's like, oh, no, that, people don't do that. People don't believe in that anymore. Yes, they, like we traded Donovan. I'm like, yeah, we traded Donovan when he was horrible. We didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, Trent Williams is a Hall of Famer. You really don't want to have to play that guy twice a year and have him wreck your season. Yeah, I mean, like he's not—they're not, not going to trade him. But anyway, yeah, it's funny how you how you say I have Quimby. People are going to get a big kick out of that here in Philadelphia. Yeah, I have it's Quimby. The odd couple—you guys deserve each other. You—you oh, you have no idea. He tells me I'm his longest relationship. <laughs> he when he calls me, it's not "Hey, Rob, how you doing?" It's it's right. Um, hey, I'm on the computer. I'm working on the soundboard here. How do you fix it? Like he just launches. Like I'm, I'm like, I don't even have to tell him that I'm in front of my computer. I could be walking down the street. I got to stop everything and I got to walk him through. You know, like I got to focus right on. And if I don't, he he gets all pissed off. He's a prima donna sometimes. You know, well, because I have OCD. Let me get back to my fucking list here. Hey, listen, pal, I'm the host of this show. I'll tell you when to get to your list. Go back to your I list. Be back to the list before I forget all about it. Go back to your list. Uh, so there's another day I'm outside shooting hockey pucks off the garage door, right? Okay. So now this guy doesn't want to stand on my property because he heeded the warning. So he's standing across the street like a tough guy, like standing like this. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, uh, use your fucking brain, pal. I'm standing here with a hockey stick. Like, this is the time you want to challenge me? Yeah. So he starts like strutting around and staring at me and then his dad's running out there again and that's when i went off i'm like dude i know you're not tough i know a bunch of really tough dudes and you're not tough and let's go so he starts pretending like he's trying to get across the street and i throw the hockey stick down i'm just ready to fucking bash these dudes up and then dad pulls them back into the house again so uh at the end of the day 
that's pretty much how I got to this house was all these different factors were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Now, were you were you sad to get rid of that house? Like you're leaving the hills and you're coming. You're it was like a big deal or no? We we we're really happy here too, and and it's it's uh there's even less people. <laughs> now, but, are you are you further away uh, from L.A. where you're at now? Or are you closer? Oh uh, no, we're further out. Further out. Now, okay. Now that leads to so we just leave this situation. We come here. I got a moving truck that I packed all up. I got a pod that I packed all up, all my fitness equipment. Uh, we bought all new shit besides all the stuff we moved here. So it all comes in cardboard. Okay. And mind you, the guy that used to live here was a retired cop. So there's no HOA here. You can fucking do whatever you want. But gotcha. Of all, all the other neighbors in this motherfucking area are cool, except the one dickhead who lives next door to me. So we get here, and the first thing he's doing is I see him coming on my property and, like, taking the cardboard, like, out of my garbage area and, like, stuffing it in everyone's cans down the block. And then apparently when my chick would get home, because she works nights, he's, like, harassing her in the driveway. Like, all she wants to do is go to bed, and he's, like, trying to get her to, like, manage cardboard. And then he was uh, bitching about having the fucking pod there, and then he was bitching about having uh the dumpster that which i got the dumpster because he was bitching about the cardboard yeah so at some point it was like i've had a fuck enough then he comes over and he's telling me my dog's on the side that's by i mean that's the biggest area for him it's like his dog run right okay and now i have a crazy dog his grandfather and his father are the world german schetzen champions like they sold for three hundred thousand euros so I got a Roddy, and, like, you, he's not an indoor dog. He doesn't want to be in the fucking house. Like, he comes in at night and goes, we have to keep him in, like, his apartment. Because if you just let that fucker loose in the house, he'll wreck everything in the home. Okay. So this guy's like, oh, you, you need to move your dog. And then he sent a letter, like, and on the back of the letter, it was, like, addressed, like, from a fake HOA, like, the Greystoke HOA that doesn't even exist, telling us that there's a bunch of... Uh, nice dogs in this neighborhood and my dog's upsetting them when they walk past my house and he barks. So all these th- fucking things l- led to another until uh, it came to freaking another altercation in the driveway. This is at and, your new house. Yeah, at the new house. Okay. So after that happened, now there's a don't tread on me flag hanging in my front. <laughs> and right here facing his house, is a Jolly Roger flag, the skull and crossbones I put in the fucking window, and hopefully he got the fucking message. Uh, now, like a little motherfucker, he drives in, and opens his garage, won't even look, opens his garage door, drives in, and they shut the garage door, and him and his stupid fucking wife won't even come out alone. They have to come out together, and they stand like two inches away from each other. It's like, we were remodeling, he's like, how long are you going to be remodeling for? My wife wants to know. And I'm like, look, motherfucker, I'm not interested in your unsolicited advice. If I want to burn the fucking house down and we start again, that's my business. So uh, that's how that went down. Have you tried to make he friends with any of your neighbors? PCA, the fucking guy comes, uh, they came out here. They're like, uh, there's no abuse going on here. He called the dog catcher. 
saying that my dog had no shelter. The dog catcher's like, this motherfucker's a liar. The first thing he goes, and I see a giant dog house in your yard, and I go to the dog catcher. I go, you see that big wheel? I go, my dog has a big wheel. Does your dog have a big wheel? Like, he's so abused. <laughs> you fucking cause. So he left. And uh, after the letter, it's like there have been no more fucking incidents because, oh, the, and the thing about the cop that lived here. So apparently this town has some ordinance where you have to keep your garbage cans like behind the fence. Okay. But my garbage cans are right where that retired cop had them. And no one ever fucking said shit to that guy because, of course, we're not going to fuck with a retired cop. It's like, so for 20 years, this motherfucker had to keep that bottled up. But when the new guy moves in, he's complaining that I got to put my garbage cans behind the fence. So he actually calls the city and they tell me that if I don't move my fucking cans behind the fence, that I'm going to get fined. So I dial right up that fucking city and I leave him a message. They go, look, you motherfuckers are enabling this fucking dickhead. And I'm, I know what's going on. You left the cop alone, but the new guy moves in here and now you think you're going to push me around. I said, uh, let me tell you, you keep enabling him, there will be trouble. So 20 minutes later, I get a call from the guy's boss. And he's like, well, you got to do it. It's like, look, you motherfuckers come out here and you show me what I can and can't do. So I was going to build a wall so I don't even have to see this fuck. They're like, well, you don't even have to do that. You just really have to, like, uh, have your cans behind, like, uh, some sort of a, even a see-through gate. So we had the gate put just around the cans, and then I put all kind of fucking Christmas lights, and we put, uh, like, uh, video cameras everywhere. So if you come on my fucking, so now instead of just having the cans, you got your whole house lit up, dickhead. Have you ever, have you tried to make nice with any of your neighbors? Do you I get along? Do you get along with any of your neighbors? You kept your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> but my question is, are, are you friendly with any other neighbors? Oh yeah, the other neighbors. And then the other okay. neighbors were like, when I was telling them the story. I was like, we're so sorry. I'm like, well, you guys are all cool. I have no issues. I and they're like, well, he's been reporting everyone for years. I'm like, and you just put up with this fucking shit. I go, you tell me if he reports somebody. Just let me know. I'll knock on his door. I'll take my dog. I'll throw a baseball in there when he opens the fucking door. And my dog will go in there and wreck everything in his house. <laughs> go get it, Emmett. I, I love I love Nick Manny just having issues with his neighbors no matter where he's at out in California. Yeah, like, and, and, uh, the funniest thing is, like, when I told my chick, I'm like, look. If we, if like the shoe was on the other foot and somebody moved in, we would be so cool. Like if you had a stack of freaking cardboard up there to the top of the roof, we'd be like, uh, I probably wouldn't even notice. Like, I, like I said, I'm so fucking antisocial. I don't want to know what you're doing, but fucking certainly don't come over here and start dictating to me terms. See, my my I, my I said, issue is what you're gonna say. Take some chalk. And I'm going to draw a big circle in the fucking street. And I'm going to write alpha in there. And I'm going to stand in that fucking circle. And any of you motherfuckers think you're going to tell me what I can and can't do on my property, just come step in the circle with me and see what happens next. Welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. Yeah. It's like, you, hey, I can't help that you bit off more than you could chew. You were fucking with these other neighbors all these fucking years. And this time you just ran into it. See, I, luckily I don't have neighbors that get on my nerves, but if you listen to my show a lot, it's the people I approach in everyday life. Like, for example, I'll give you a pet peeve. When you go food shopping, 
and I say this all the time, motherfuckers in the self-checkout line that either A, have more than 10 items, they have like a full cart, and they want to get a self-checkout line, or, and they don't know how to use it. They look at the screen like it's, like it's NASA or something. Like Dude, people, that's, that's me. I avoid the self-checkout like the play. I because you don't know how to use it. No, I don't know how to fucking use it. And you, that's good. And like, you know me, I pay everything with fucking cash. Yeah. You try to put your money in there and it's spitting it back out at you. Well, not even, and I'll tell you the other thing that gets on my nerves. People that can't put carts back, people that don't park right. There's just jackasses all around us. No matter where you go, Nick, there's stupidity abound. That's why it may, it may be better for us to just stay hunkered down in a bunker somewhere. Dude, let this thing go on forever. I'm not fucking affected. No, I need women around, Nick. I can't have it go on forever. I need women around. I told you last night what I, I was on the rower in my gym, and, uh, when this first all first started, like I was kind of concerned more about my parents, like than anything else, right? And I, I was on the rower, and the Holy Spirit says to me, "Psalm 91," and I'm thinking, "Man, that's kind of fucking weird thing to say to me right now." So then I went upstairs to stretch because the the room upstairs has carpet, and I turned on the TV up there, and it was already tuned to like uh, one of the uh, Christian preacher channels. Yeah. And as soon as I start stretching, the guy he's he's reading out of Psalm 91. And he looks right at the camera and he says, this is, the God told me this is for somebody out there that's concerned about their parents who are elderly and live in another state because you're not close to them. He says, don't worry, I got them too. And I was like, Jesus. Were you always religious? Uh, I wouldn't say religious. I just had a, uh, I guess some spiritual things happen to me pretty young, okay. and I never liked really going to church. I mean, okay. I wanted to stay home and either play sports or watch sports or work out or whatever. So like that whole going to church, I wasn't interested. Okay. But uh, once I got like into my early adulthood, I just said, <laughs> like I thought about college. Like they're like, you never go to class. I'm like. I'm a smart guy. I can read or I wouldn't be in college. So I took the same approach. I got a Bible and I'm like, I'm a smart guy. I'll figure it out on my own. Yeah. Uh, so as we, uh, you know, I guess we can call the story time with Nick Manning and we, you know, we're, we're touching on you with the neighbors and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted to get some interesting stories. I want to get to you. You were recently on Sirius XM and I want to get to that in a little bit, but when I was talking to you, well, first of all, you, people should have listened. And I've said this before. Me walking Nick Manning on how to use Skype last night was oh. hilarious. That alone, Nick, do this. Nick, go here. Drag down this. Pause. I don't know where that is, Rob. I can't find it. That alone was a show. That was 55 minutes last night. That was a show well, right there. They have the imposter, Rob Believus. <laughs> yeah, so people are trying to impersonate me. You know? People are trying to impersonate me, you. You know, you can't get around it. But that was that. But we got that set up. So I'm, I was thinking, I'm like, all right, Nick's got to have some interesting stories. So I'm like, okay, what kind of stories would I want to hear from Nick Newmanning from back? And then I go, Nick, since I have yet to been to the Playboy Mansion, it's still on my bucket list. Any interesting, first of all, any interesting Playboy Mansion stories? And then second of all, how do you get an invite to the Playboy Mansion? Do they call you? There's somebody you know and says, hey, you just come in, you're on a list. How, how does that work? Well, before I was ever in porn, when I was modeling in New York and and yeah. uh, Miami, I dated like playmates and playboy models. Okay. So 
whenever we'd be out here, we'd go to the mansion. They used to have like, uh, you know, whatever the parties were, like the holiday shit, right? Yeah. But typically every Sunday they had massage Sundays. Massage so Sundays, go, okay. Yeah, we'd go hang out there and get massages. Uh, so I was there a lot. And then once I got out here, I started working for Playboy. Like, I, I had a Playboy show every Friday night for four years. So then I was going all the time. And, uh, you know, when you asked about what story I had, it's like I remember one time I went up there with Mary Carey and Taylor Tilden. Okay. Because they, they worked for Playboy, too. And uh, so we all went up there, like, for, like, a Christmas party, I think. Okay. And uh, a little bit. After that, one of the guys that was there invited me and Taylor to, like, some other party, like, up on Mulholland Drive in the hills. Okay. It was, like, the Playboy Mansion, but it wasn't the Playboy Mansion. It was some other rich guy's house, right? Okay. So we go over there, and we're hanging out for the day, and there's a bunch of chicks running around and whatever, and it's time to leave. And Taylor tells me that this guy asked her if she could set up a meeting a business meeting with me and him. Now, I, was like, I wasn't really all that interested, but uh, I said, uh, just for Taylor's sake, I was like, yeah, whatever. Now, and, now uh, for, for for story's sake, was um, was there drinking going on and partying during this? What was going on? Out of control. Okay, with, all right. I'm trying so to set now, the scene here. I'm trying to set the scene. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can, I mean, whatever you think, it's like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, when you watched that Girls Next Door and you saw, I mean, that was yeah. really 24 hours a day going on over there. Okay. And so, uh, at my house, there was always all kind of shit going on there, too. So, I had a big master suite. And when I wanted to get away from all the debauchery, I would just, like, hole up in my master suite and... When I had business meetings, if it was like loud and there were a bunch of people over and people running around, uh, people hung over from the night before, yeah, okay. Blair, I would have the meetings up in my room because it was quiet and I could lock the doors and have, you know, have some sort of semblance of a real conversation. Okay. So now this guy comes over and uh, his idea is he's made. Like 5,000 of these things, he's calling them love lanterns. Okay. Love so p- picture a cylinder that's kind of like the glass is like a prism. Okay. And you set it over a candle, like maybe around your bed or around your bathtub, and it makes like a prism glow because of the flame. Okay. So it's kind of a cool thing, but like he doesn't know what to do with it. So he thinks now that he knows me and I have an adult store, he can say, well, uh, let's call this the Nick Manning Love Lantern. And I said, okay, well, we could do that. And we could probably move these things for you. Like immediately you got 5,000 in a warehouse. Yeah. I said, how do you have them packaged? And he's like, got them in like these uh, basically plain white boxes, like with no, no labeling on them. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to like put a picture of me and say what it is. I mean, how the fuck would Rob know what's sitting on that shelf in that white box? Exactly. Right? So now he takes one of these love lanterns out and he puts it on the table. And as I'm talking to this guy, he's like in my sitting area. And I'm standing there talking to him thinking. And I'm swinging a bat around in my, in, 
in my fucking master bedroom. And just by total mistake, I hit this fucking lantern and it goes flying into the master bathroom on the marble floor and shatters in like a billion pieces all over the floor. And the look on this guy's face, like this guy just fucking shattered my lantern. And he's like trying to be cool, right? Because he wants to do the deal. He's like, oh no, that's okay. I got 5,000 more of them. <laughs> just don't break anymore. Yeah, but it turns out it's like, so I'm like, okay, well, you have to pay to get these repacked. Well, he had no more money to get them repackaged. And he went, so basically I threw them out. So that's how that went down. Because you and I have talked a million times about all the stupid pitches that people, it's like, yeah, here's one that the guy actually had a decent product and he didn't want to put it in a fucking acceptable packaging. Well, you know, you know, it's a funny story that's off this and we'll go to Sirius XM. Do you remember, it was probably two years ago when um, Vivid Radio was still, you know, around, bouncing around. And I go, Nick, why don't we do something on Vivid Radio? It would work perfect. And I won't get into the people's names, but it turns out that the person we talked to loved our idea. But since I guess his wife ran the radio division, had an issue with you, they wouldn't even take a meeting with me. People can be so goddamn petty. Remember that whole thing? Well, yeah, and what's funny is, I mean, how many Vivid movies have I, how much money have I made that company? Yeah. Right? It's like, all the freaking movie, every big movie they ever shot, I was, I starred in it with their, it's like, so you guys have a problem with me? It's like, what problem could you possibly have with me? You've been hiring me for 12 years straight. Right. (laughs) You can't win. We, We always have these grandiose ideas and nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. You know, one day maybe it will. One day maybe it will, Nick. You got to persevere, right? Uh, you might. I'm done. Yeah, we already we already know you're a lazy son of a bitch, and I got to do all the legwork. You'll just show up. Or is it just I'm? I don't. I cannot take any more or anybody else's psycho babble. I know. Right? Don't. It's like I'm tired of people. Like, don't insult my intelligence. You beg to get this meeting. You come up here. I tell you that you, your idea is actually acceptable and we could do it. And then you give me some excuse as to why you can't. So what the fuck are you doing here in the first place? All right, I'm, I'm going to tell you a good story. Then we'll get into Rude Jude about people being full of shit. So a gentleman's club out here in Philly. Um, I'm not even going to tell you the name of it, but there's one in, in, in Dallas. So I get a meeting with them to sponsor my radio show. Now, the, the general manager I, I knew, so we set up the meeting, and the meeting went well. And the guy I'm talking to, he's pitching. He's like, wait a second, you know Brandy Love? I said, yeah, I do. He goes, do you think that you know you could get Brandy to cut her feature fee, you know, a, a, you know, a discount? I go, well, I can't make that decision because I'm not Brandy. I said, I can talk to her. But my, my theory was... I'll tell Brandy, listen, can you give them some sort of discount under the proviso that they become the sponsor of my radio show, and then you'll give them the discount? So as all this is going on, they say, listen, give us a pitch of what you want, how much money you want, what you want to do, we'll talk about it. I send them the pitch. They like it. They want to do business. Fantastic. Weeks go by. No one gets back to me. I finally call somebody. Oh, we decided not to do that. We're going to be an urban club now. Even though, mind you, the club they took over was an urban club. It never worked. But they couldn't even call me to tell me, listen, we're not gonna we're not gonna do the sponsorship. It's people are just full of shit. They can't be just straight up honest with you. It's just bullshit after bullshit all the time. Yeah, and dude, I mean, I tell you, I mean, people see me now and I'm all sociopathic. I just don't like people. I can't but there was a time in my life uh, where I was an extrovert. 
like I hung out. I mean, you'd see me in public. I'd go to parties. I'd, I mean, I had tons and tons of friends, tons of acquaintances. But over time, uh, more and more people disappointed me or took liberties with our friendship or acquaintanceship and were using my name inappropriately to get advantages for, to the point where now I've, I've gone from that person to an utter hermit. Yeah, I know. You don't you don't really go out because you have to play baseball or go shopping or something. Yeah, and you know, really the only friends that – it's like – and it's so funny. Like the general people are just such fucking strokes. But like <laughs> I play on three different teams, and then – from those teams, most of the some of the guys play on two or three of them. Some just play on one, depending upon how much time they have. But when we go play a tournament, we draw from all those teams. So it's like everybody kind of knows each other. We've been doing this for several years. Other teams in the league, we mostly know each other, right? And it's like these dudes are all so down with me. It's like they're Manning Nation to the bone like to the core right yeah it's like and like it almost lulls me into the false sense of security where it's like yeah you could go back to being you know friendly with people no you can't it's like you have to have your close circle and everybody else can go fuck themselves well one of these days because last time i was in los angeles there was a fire going on you couldn't get down to me so I may have to make a special trip out just to come hang out for L- for L.A. for three days. Maybe I can get Nick Manning to come hang out for three days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been talking about trying to come play ball out there with you guys. I don't know if that's ever going to happen now that we're all suspended. Well, we're, we're, I, I would just love to see my Joe Catanzaro, if you're listening, our league president. Just He starts getting phone calls. Do you know that Rob signed a porn star to play on the Norgline Packers? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I thought I think it would be hilarious, but you know, Hit them fifth, they'll knock in a shitload of runs. <laughs> well, the only problem is my well fifth. You could probably hit. my my cleanup hitter played for the Brewers, so I don't know if you could if you if you'd replace Daryl. He was the single A offensive player of the year for the Brewers two years in a row. So I don't know no, if you could hit fourth. The fourth hitter, because you know what happens when I'm on a team where I have to be the cleanup hitter. It's only because there should be a real true home run hitter on that team, but. Yeah. By default, I'm it, and okay. I'm really not, I'm a doubles hitter. I hit I hit enough homers, but like that's not my game. Right? Yeah. I'm a switch hitter. So what I do do is when those guys are on, I should either hit third or fifth because I knock in a shitload of runs. I got you. I'll remember that when I put you in the lineup one of these days. Yeah, I'm not a big strikeout artist. I mean, for a guy who swings ferociously like I do, yeah. like I, I don't strike because I grew, I played ball in an era where you didn't just go up there and strike out. Yeah, you want you want to put the ball in play. You want to be a smart hitter. In fact, I, uh, I mean, I always say I should. I know I'm hitting well when I strike out more because at least it means I'm getting real hacks. Yeah. No, I got what you're saying. So we were talking a little. We were talking a little bit about you know different stories, and you were recently on the Rude Jude show a couple weeks ago at, in, in L.A. on on Sirius uh, on XM Radio. Um, I know you wanted to t- you wanted to tell some stories from that. I, we'll, we'll talk about the Will Chamberlain thing, but ha- how was that whole experience? Well, I mean, uh, the guy who booked me for the the show is a really good friend of mine. He he works at Sirius. You talked to him, George. Yeah. And uh, he's also responsible for getting my book published in the first place. So, and he, he used to play baseball with me. Funny, a guy I played ball with, I can 
hang out with and he's yeah. cool and we like each other. Right? Yeah. He doesn't piss me off. So uh, he says, come be on the Rude Jude show. And like, all I knew was like he was on Jenny Jones or something. So I mean, uh, he was really cool. Gave me a bottle of wine, gave me his book, and we were just yucking it up. And uh, it was, somehow we got on the topic of. Uh, Will Chamberlain yeah. saying he banged 20,000 chicks. And all I said was, Jude said that Too Short had done the math and said it was impossible. And I say, yeah, of course. I, I, I'm a Too Short. I, that's impossible. Especially, don't tell me you're in the fucking NBA. You're traveling all over. You're playing basketball games and going to practice. Yeah. And you got all this time on your hands over a 15-year period. Right? So... Yeah. Uh, this one guy calls in and he disagrees with me. He's like, uh, I, I get 15 women's a day. And he's, he's telling me I need women's. to get more women's. So then Jude starts asking him, how many women's did you get? <laughs> By about the sixth or seventh time he said women's, I was, I was so, laughing so hard I could no longer participate in the conversation. <laughs> So yeah, so Ruger, how did he become famous? Was he he was on TV or something, or you don't know? Yeah, he was like on the Jenny Jones show or Ricky Lake show, one of those two. I think Jenny Jones, maybe. I don't okay. know. Okay, well, like as a guest or something. No, he was like, uh, like I let's call him some sort of a sidekick. Okay. Like, you know how Stern's got like Richard Christie and all the like. He, yeah. He was one of them. Like yeah. I don't exactly. I didn't watch it, so I'm not exactly sure what he did, but he parlayed it into this career where he's on Eminem radio. You know, I was thinking uh, Howard Stern right now would never have you on a show these days. I don't know if you've paid attention to him. All he has on now is just whatever the biggest name is. That's who he has. And he tries to stay away from like the, the risque stuff. He's completely different now. I don't know if you, if you are aware of that, but that's pretty much how he is now in his older age. So when you, when the show starts, their tagline that they had for, what, a decade at least isn't Howard Stern dropping loads all over mainstream media. They don't do that anymore? No, they don't. Oh, well. Yeah. There you go. He's very, um, you know, all about, you know, let's have Madonna on. Let's have whoever the most famous person is. It's not, it's you know, the best part about that show is the people he would have on. But then, you know, the busting of the balls of everyone in his staff. That was the fun part. That's what made it interesting. <laughs> now, most of his staff, he's fired. They're not even there. There's only a handful of people still left. So it's not as, it's not what it was. Don't get me wrong. He's still a god, but I just don't like what he's doing currently. Like I said, right now, Nick, Nick Manning probably would not be welcome on the Howard Stern show just because of what, what, what it is now. Dude, I find that hard to believe. I mean, that is another show that, I mean, they rode that. They got every drop out of dropping loads. Did you, I don't know, we, we didn't talk about this on the air. So I know that Robin had a thing for you. Did you guys go out on a date back then? Did you ever meet up? Yeah, we, uh, I was out doing the show one time. And uh, I think in my biopic bio like you actually see like us at the studio and then we were going out yeah. that night i went out with her and a bunch of her uh girlfriends to tau okay I think lisa g was with us and some other lisa that worked worked in the office and then uh there was a time when i don't know why she was out here but robin was out in la and i took her to dinner at it's not there anymore at the mondrian asia de cuba okay and uh, then she came back to my house, and 
there's some people that were in my house and they're like, you never saw anyone so awestruck as they were to meet. They were, they couldn't even talk. They were like, so nice to meet you, Robin. Really? Oh yeah. They were, they, they were uh, acting the fool around her. Without giving away too much detail, did Robin stay the night? Uh, no. I no. Could, okay. Everybody asked me this. I've of never course I got to ask that question. Yeah. It's like, I, I, even on Rude Jude, somebody called in and asked me, and I'm like, no, that didn't, that didn't happen. Well, you know, the way it played out on the radio, people thought that she was attracted to you. That's how it sounded on the radio. Well, so we wanted to know if that was real or fake. I mean, I think it was real, but it's just, I mean, here was the thing. One, I was really busy. Uh, two, uh, here's what I knew. I really liked Robin as a person. Yeah. Right? And I knew that if anybody ever got any inkling like that, we hooked up, like she would never hear the fucking end of it. Yeah. Right. They would have made her life miserable. So I was just like, no, we're not going there. <laughs> That's not even on the table. So you're saying you're, you're letting your uh, moral side come out. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Sometimes I do. <laughs> Not a lot, but well, maybe in your old. Well, now that you're mellow, now you do the right thing. No, now you're it calm. Depends on how, it depends on our relationship, like how you treat me. Yeah. Like if you if you come at me cool and you just, uh, but these people that come at me under the guise of some sort of a, a business relationship, and then it gets all convoluted, or they they're just like uh, flippant with me, or they're not, they don't approach me humbly. Well, then you're gonna fucking. Like I said, some people bite off more than they can chew. Because if you want to get freaking down and dirty nasty, I'm all down for that. I mean, I love violence. <laughs> well, what I've learned, especially the people out in L.A. when I'm talking to publicists out there, you know, if, if you know, if I give them shit and I bust their balls or I, I tell them I'm upset with them, they can't take it. Like, they can't take people, like, going off on them. It's like people don't get yelled at in Los Angeles. I find that very – here – or New York, or wherever on the East Coast, it's not a big deal. But when I give a publisher shit for being a pain in the ass, they're they're like offended by this. They can't they can't deal with it. They can't function. Well, and you know, I've been friends with you a long time. Like, if you give me shit, I don't think nothing of it. I, yeah. I laugh. What I mean, it's I'm glad we're friends. Yeah. And it's like with my teammates, like they don't treat me with this modicum of respect. But it's like, dude, I've known you guys. I've developed a relationship, and I know what you're doing is out of love because it's locker room humor. That's how we interact. Exactly. And, and But if I don't fucking know you and you just start coming up to me and dictating terms and tell me how it's going to be, dictating it's terms. like uh, you're walking on real thin ice, dude. You have no idea. It was like, did you ever see the uh, documentary with the Iceman? Uh, Ice, yeah, Kuklinski, of course. Yeah, so – there's one point where the guy that's interviewing him says something to him and the Iceman's like, ah, there you did it. He goes, then the dark thoughts start in your head. And that guy has no idea how close he is to just getting wrecked. <laughs> and that's what it is with me. Like, that's why I quit going out because these guys in bars, just drunk coming up. Oh yeah, we could be you. And uh, dude, I'm about to chop you in the fucking throat. Well, speaking of you going to bars, I think you told me this before. You were you were friendly with Lemmy, right, from Motorhead? You, yeah, totally. You, you knew him. So did you know him from going to the Rainbow on, on Sunset? Is that how you met him, or how'd you meet him? Dude, it's a great fucking story. Uh, I was, when I was working out in my, like, college and high school baseball years, I could never get 
music that was like heavy enough for me. Like I yeah. was listening to like ACDC, that's like about as heavy as it could get. So one day I'm in my fucking apartment in college and a friend of mine that went to Northwestern calls up and they had a new rock station in Chicago. Uh, if it's too loud, you're too old. And I'd never heard of Motorhead and he didn't even know the name of the band. He goes, dude, you gotta turn on the station. He goes, there's a guy on there and he sings like a monster. You're gonna love it. And it was right around the time when Orgasmatron, the album was out. So they were playing all the songs off and I fell in love with Motorhead. And I turned all my friends onto it. And whenever I was training, I was listening to Motorhead. So years later, now I'm out in LA and I did this vampire flick called From Lust Till Dawn. Okay. And it was a huge movie, probably cost over a million dollars, like with all the special effects and whatever. And I was like the George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> no, I was not. I was like the head vampire character. Okay. Okay. So uh, they had a premiere of this at a country club and they invited like all the buyers, like from all the big distributors to come. And a friend of mine worked for Capitol Records and he was Lemmy's manager. Uh, and they've been friends for a long time. And he said, hey, do you mind if I come to this? I want to bring Lemmy. <laughs> so Lemmy was actually sitting at our table at the premiere. And that's how I met him. And from that point on, we were like fast friends. He, I'd see him at the Rainbow all the time. I'd hang out with him. I'd go to all their concerts. Uh, I was actually at the second to last concert he had, probably his last date in L.A. before he died. Really? Yeah, and... Uh, I call I the first time I was hanging out with him at the rainbow, I called my friends back in Chicago. I'm like, you'd never fucking guess who I'm hanging out with. I'm, I'm like, it's Lemmy. They're like, You're full of shit, no fucking way. That's great. He he seems like he was a pretty laid back dude. Like he oh, was just he was just a good guy. I we went into at the premiere, we go into the uh I'll say it now because he's dead. <laughs> but we go <laughs> to the uh bathroom me and him and miles long and we're you know i was gonna smoke some weed in there and let me follow us in and i take a hit i give something to miles i go hey let me you want to hit you go, ah, i don't do that and he goes and he pulls out of his pants a baggie had to be as big as my fucking hand he had so much crystal in there it was like the size of a baseball like it looked like the amount you would use in a month he's carrying it around on him He's like, you want some of this? And I go, fuck no, let me, I got to get my dick hard. He's like, well, I got my dick hard. And I was just like, dude, after that, I was like, I know this guy is fucking cool. I'll hang with him anytime. So Filthy Phil calls me up one day. Let me gives him my number. And Phil wants to go to Hornstar Karaoke, which is like yep. the worst fucking time in the history of hollywood i think uh for a while nick nicky hunter was hosting it for a while well, there doesn't matter who was hosting it it was it still was, bad they're like well who's who's going like who's gonna be the most famous person there i'm like me assholes it was like the d list of porn so i just every time somebody wanted to go like i went begrudgingly i think in 10 years i went five times and uh, so Phil wants to go. He calls me up. I'm like, dude, we can go out anywhere tonight, but we are not going to that shit. <laughs> what did you end up doing? Do you remember? Uh, we just went. I think we went to Crazy Girls. Well, that, that sounds pretty good. Go to Crazy Girls with, with a guy in a huge metal band. 
Why the hell not, right? I think when I was going to come out in L.A., I think we were going to meet at Cantor's. I think that was the original plan. And I remember I'm at the Roosevelt, and I'm getting situated. And uh, Well, first of all, what's funny about that is before I called you when I was at the Roosevelt, I'm going, I go down the road to get booze for my room. Quimby calls me because we're supposed to have the major radio station out here in Philly, WIP, is supposed to broadcast from our tailgate on the Santa Monica Pier, which he rented out. He calls me. He's like, yo, he's like, you got to get your gear from the studio. I'm like, well, that's going to be kind of hard. He goes, why? I'm like, because I'm in Los Angeles. Turns out that the radio station didn't bring their gear, and then we had to bring our gear for them to use it. So after I leave and I get my booze, I get a call from you. Like, all right, dude, I'll, you know, I'll pick you up such and such a time, whatever, phone click. A couple hours goes by. I'm getting ready. You call me. He's like, dude, he's like, I can't come down. I'm like, what do you mean you can't come down? What do you mean? He's like, there's a fire on the 405. He's like, I can't get down there. I'm like, only my luck. I come to L.A. We're finally going to hang out. You can't come see me because of a natural disaster. I was fucking evacuated. I know. <laughs> Which is, I mean, you talk about my relationship with God before. So when this whole shit with the neighbor was going down, uh, the guy in my biopic who calls himself the Nick Manning historian, yeah. Duke Mulholland, he's a, he was a religion major. So he knows I'm into God and stuff and like, uh, he, every time he goes somewhere, he'll get me like holy water or he'll send me like oil and a like little cross that comes in a kit. And there's like, uh, like soil from Jerusalem. Yeah. And he like gives me these things. So I was so fucking pissed off. I go outside with that, uh, dirt from Jerusalem and I threw it on our, me and the neighbor's border and I started cursing him. And I go, in the name of Jesus Christ, I curse thee. And uh, as I'm walking away, I go, by the spirit and the power of Elijah, who called down fire from heaven, I called down fire upon this motherfucker. Let him have it, God. So, sure enough, the next... Now, I've only been living here two months. The next fucking day at six o'clock in the morning, I'm looking out my kitchen window and the fucking fire is right behind the fence. I had to evacuate again. You can't win. I called that fire down from heaven and God didn't burn any, but he showed me that I have the power of the Holy Ghost with me. Why don't you start the church of Nick Manning? You can start preaching, you know, from your office there with a camera. And that. You know what? Uh, do what I did. Get yourself a King James Bible and the Dead Sea Scrolls and all the Apocrypha, the Gospel of Thomas, and read it for yourself. I, I mean, that's you need to do your own thing with God. I can't help you. If I ever get married, we'll make sure you're licensed so you can come out to PA and marry me. <laughs> you got, would you do that? Would you get licensed to marry people? Oh, I suppose I've baptized a couple people. Really? I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, used the Holy Ghost to heal some people and some animals. So I don't think there'd be any problem with me marrying you. Did, did you try? Did you ever try to convert anybody on set? <laughs> oh, I'm not into converting. It's like hey, look, a- hold on. Oh, I got I got to cover his number. You can't. Quim- Quimby's calling me. Quimby. <laughs> I'm going to text him. I'm like, doing my show. What's up? <laughs> no, put him on. No, he called my cell phone. He doesn't. He never pays attention to what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? Oh, that you're on a show? Right? Yeah. He, I don't know what he wants. Doing my show now. Uh, hold on. Um, this so is why I need. Uh, no, what's up? Um, 
What was I going to say? Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you should, uh, yeah, you should you should start the church of Nick Manning, and if I ever get married, you're going to um, you're going to marry me. We'll fly, we'll fly, we'll fly you and your lady friend out to beautiful Pennsylvania. All right. Well, to finish up the uh, rude Jude thing, so now I go home, and yeah. like two or three days later, I'm walking down uh, Sunset Boulevard. And somebody must have been listening to the show because I hear these guys yelling from across the street. They're going, women's, women's. So I called George. I'm like, tell Jude that he obviously has some listeners because some cats were just yelling women's. (laughs) I still like the story. I don't even know what it was, but I use it all the time. You were just talking about just I think you went to go get a, a tin of dip or something. And somebody was giving you shit. You're like, Rob, every time I go out, it's like war. Oh, it's on. everywhere I go. It's like, yeah. and I use that all the time. I go when I go out. It's like war all the time. That's all it is. It's war. Yeah, I'm totally prepared at any moment. <laughs> now you know, believe it or not, we're we're uh, we're winding uh, winding down the show. But as you know, I love it when he tries to text me uh, as I'm doing a show. Anyway, um, go through my notes here. Yeah, so we're still in the third stage of hell. We're still quarantined, which if anyone knows me, I think it's all bullshit. I think that uh, I read a study in, in they did a study in California that they said that uh, more people. Oh, God, stop playing with your chest. More more people have it than they thought. So that means the death rate is a lot smaller than they thought. So you would think if that's the case, everything would open back up. But that, that hasn't happened yet. Well, here's what I, I said about it all. Uh, let's forget about covid and corona there's probably i don't know a thousand invisible germs that are around us all the time yeah. tuberculosis other kinds of flus uh, all kinds of shit that we're touching ingesting inhaling all the fucking time of making people sick and there's never this panic so uh, because of this one we're all gonna stay in the fucking house i know it's ridiculous. I don't care. Because, but here's what I know. Now now that this is the precedent, well, what do you think is going to happen next year? Uh, COVID-20. Shelter in place. Shelter in place. Some other shit is coming. And it's because God's opening the seals in fucking heaven, dude. He's, he's uh, the patience of the saints is here. He's taking these fucking blasphemers and heathens out and the, the thing now is if you speak out against this people you know say you're talking against healthcare workers i had someone they're on facebook like rob you're an asshole you're 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 entitled all this sort of stuff and i'm like really i'm like you know what defriend me like i'm gonna defriend you i'm like no skin off my back i don't care if you don't follow me on facebook anymore what the hell do i care but if you speak out against it you're you're a horrible person nick but i don't give yeah, a shit i'm, I'm consistent all the time no i'm a horrible person and so are you yeah we're all good so everybody yeah so guess what i don't care i don't give a fuck what you think clown so keep it you know what how to get along with me if I'm not really close to you and I'm not your fucking friend and we don't yuck it up on a regular basis, yeah. Yeah, I got a suggestion. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> whatever fucking advice you have for me or whatever issue you have for me, uh, think twice before you think you're going to tell me about it. Now, Nick, as we wind the show down, I end the show the same way. What have you learned today? Anything? Have you learned anything on the program at all today? Or any or anything at all in general? You got up this way? You learned anything? Yeah, uh, you keep it up. When you hear the motorcycles and the chains in your driveway, you better be ducking. <laughs> okay. Because like I, it's like 
uh, I make a lot of people a lot of fucking money, and they're probably not too happy about uh, you fucking with me. So uh, you better be fucking on your eggshells. Uh, are you so you don't use any of your social media, do you? You have it, but you don't really use it. Uh, I well, even when it existed, yeah, I mean, it might still exist. It wasn't me doing it. Well, we, you, like, you, when I've had different businesses, like some asshole around the table was like, "Oh, we need to yeah, look." Uh, please, all I know about social media is anybody that you hear that was using it or uh, participating. Antonio Brown, Kevin Durant. It's never done anything to help you. It's only fucking caused you problems. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Please tell me again why I need this. Because <laughs> I'll go back to how I, I, I approached my career. Okay. I said I was going to do what I always do. I was going to throw down and leave a trail of bodies in my wake. And it was going to be shock and awe every time I went to fucking shoot. And somebody was going to notice. And guess what happened? Unsolicited, without me advertising it, I was just going about my business. A bunch of people, Howard Stern, you, the Big Mo Show, Psycho Mike, all this media from around. Uh, what, did, what was their conclusion? The prolific Nick Manning. Prolific. I didn't have to go fucking tell everybody how great I was and show people that I was out to dinner and what I was doing. It's like, mind your own fucking business, and I don't want to hear about wh what you like and what you don't like, because here's what I know. Uh, everyone in the world is watching it. So if it's such a problem, stop watching me. No, I got you. Right. It's like, I don't know what else to say. No, but you're right. I'm living my life, and I'm really not concerned about what some joker... Uh, is gonna uh, uh, face chat. <laughs> now I got you. I'll tell you what I what I've learned on the show. Insta twit. Insta twit. What I've learned on the show is Nick Manning when he has problems with his neighbors, he deals with it. He doesn't take any shit. He just he just throws down. But uh, I do want to tell you thanks for uh, you know co-hosting, hanging out. It was fun. Hopefully you do it again. Maybe maybe uh, next time. We get you to uh, get Evan Stone involved in the party because you keep telling me Evan's a funny guy, and I, I got to have him on at some point. Dude, uh, it's like I don't. You said you heard that Evan Stone was a fucking jet. Dude, I'm telling you, yeah. Evan Stone is—he's one of us. Uh, he is one of the coolest cats you'll ever meet, and okay. he'll be a lifelong friend if you okay. know him. All right. Well, listen. When this whole thing's over, I'm gonna make it a point to come out to L.A. or wherever the hell you're at for a couple days, and we'll we'll have some cocktails. We'll finally get to hang out. All right, brother. Good talking to you, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, be in touch, and I I'm sure we'll, we'll talk some more about the people around us and how they're pissing us off. All right. This is for Quimby. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll see you. Have a good one. See you, stud. There you go. The one, the only Nick Manning uh, coming in as the co-host. So that'll do it for the 200, I'm sorry, 200, 378th edition of the Rob V Show. And in the words of my brother, Assistant Chief Zach Valivas of the world-famous Fort Washington Fire Company. Two wrongs don't make a right. They make it even. Good night, everybody.
Ravalivis, Ravalivis on the radio, coming straight out of Philly with this internet show. Talking news, entertainment, sports, and comedy. Wonder who's the co hosting those sexy ladies. He speaks his mind, makes sense from time to time. JD Clark and Chuck Cheese, partners in crime. Don't tell the good tales, he will espouse. Call 8889 Gas House, no censorship. Call in, join in the show. It's the number one rated on Gas House Radio. Most respect to Alabama and your panels in the Katie Rock cause he is the man. Much respect to Lady Erica, the Batman, Mr. Miles, Joey Moss, Toil Records, Gas House Radio, Legendary Chuck J.D. Clark, peace. Arabaliga Show.com. Gas House Radio. Just like.